When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, so you put up your feet. So I was going to tell the little story about that. So there's this Instagram called like UFC.feet or something ridiculous. And it had taken like pictures of me, Tisha, uh, Mallory Martin, like other teammates of mine. And we're all standing in pictures and they had taken our feet, cropped them out of pictures and were selling them to people on Instagram, like publicly. And I was like, excuse me? Like, not only are you selling my pictures, but you're making money off of my feet. And so I was like, my permission. Yeah, I was like, screw it. I'm gonna do it. I can't even bet on fights where you guys are making money off my feet. Right. combat deviants we're back uh here on the on the belly up sports network we got a special one for you the, uh, the this evening this afternoon wherever you're joining from us uh regardless if it's live uh, uh on on the youtube facebook uh and twitter feed or if you're catching it on, on, on the audio version this is the uh the fighter spotlight tonight and uh we are being joined by none other than ufc Fly- flyweight the the Maverick won herself. Fear the Maverick, Miss Miranda Ma- Maverick. How are we d- doing this this evening, my friend? I'm doing great. Doing great. Just got done with uh, three trainings as of today. Last couple days of hard training before I go out to Vegas for my fight next week. Well, not only that, I saw that you uh, went out on a little hike with your boyfriend and pushed him down a hill, kind of seems. <laughs> no, more like he scooted down it. It was a lot <laughs> steeper than it looks on the video. We did go on a hike and it was like cliffs and... I'm used to running down bluffs and stuff from being back home on the farm. Uh, he's not so much, and we're both scared of heights, so it was funny. <laughs> I mean, a shout out to Pete, man. I mean, everyone <laughs> just loves him. And I, I got to tell you, I had one of my friends, before we start the interview, a little off topic, one of my friends was messaging me <laughs> saying, who is that? I was like, that's Miranda's boyfriend. I had to send her the Instagram. I had to go on a whole hunt. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, congratulations yeah. with a good-looking boyfriend, I guess. Yeah, thank you. It's husband, actually, but oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll make sure to tell her. I'll make sure all to right, tell her. All right, all right. That's okay. Lots of people. You know, the more compliments he gets, the more it compliments me, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's so jumping into all of this. compliment each other. That's the right. thing, right? Right, exactly. exactly. You're a maverick, though. That's exactly perfect segue, Steve. <laughs> You're a maverick, which means kind of independent, which you also have a sister as well. Correct. So you're really That's not correct. that independent, and <laughs> your sister also trains, right? And That's with the right. brothers, the Diaz's, the chefs, Chancos. <laughs> I mean, what separates you guys as one of the big? siblings but also being mavericks i mean together you have to be independent from the sibling rivalries, right so <laughs> that's what right makes you guys special you know we, my sisters always said we're gonna be the next shevchenko sisters and she always jokes that uh i'm the oldest so i'm gonna be antonina right and she's gonna be the best and she's gonna be the one that's the champ which you know could be true i really do i hope she's more successful than me 
Um, we are competitive in a sense of against the world, but never really against each other. I'm trying to help her get as far as she can as well. Uh, she just got another fight scheduled, so hopefully it'll be 3-0 and by the end of this month. The week after my fight, she fights, so that'll be exciting to watch I gotta, and, now i gotta reach out to her see if i can get her get her to c- c- come on next friday see yeah there we go stuff, maybe you know? she can do that yeah, so she yeah, might yeah. be watching my fight so you might have to get a little bit before that but <laughs> so when i interviewed valentina and i gotta get mm-hmm. your opinion on this she said she's more nervous before her sister fights than her own fight are, are you kind of oh, the absolutely. same is your sister kind of the same Absolutely. I'm more than the same. Uh, So my dad's always been in my corner, right? And I always make fun of him because he acts like he's going to have a freaking panic attack before my first fights. Um, Now he's he's way different. But my first five to ten fights, he was just always a nervous wreck. I always joked with him I wasn't going to have him in my corner anymore if he wouldn't quit freaking out. And uh, then I had to corner my sister in that first one that you just showed. And it was my first time cornering for her and first time coaching her at all really and first time having someone that close to me do anything of that you know importance to me and to me I get all the blame if she doesn't like it I get all the blame if she gets hurt (laughs) just because she wouldn't be a part of it if it weren't for me I'm fully aware of that and she's kind of using my coattails to get where she's at which I'm totally fine with as well and so I'm sitting there in the back helping her warm up and I'm like breathing hard and my dad's just looking at me giggling And I was like, what? And he's like, now you know how it feels. And I was like, you're right, I do. And I would have to leave the room and go outside and be like, you know, and calm down. And then as she's getting ready to walk out, I was already tearing up. I was like having tears run down my face as she's walking out just from, you know, it's an amazing experience to get to experience with her and be there for her. And then after she won the fight, I was just bawling. You can ask her if you do get her on the interview. I was just crying and she was the one that wasn't crying. She was just excited. And she's like, why are you crying? I was like, she's I probably know. looking at you like with 10 heads, like what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> that's right. But she jokes, I'm always the one that's the more emotional one and she's the angry one. So there's another thing going for her in the sport. But it's gotta be mixed emotions, right? If, if you're, in the corner, right? Or even if you're in a fight, like you have been against Macy Barber, where you think you're winning a fight. I mean, I don't know if you, you thought you were or not, but a lot of us thought you won that fight. And, you know, you're, you're, you probably feel really good going in to get your hand raised. But then, like we saw this weekend with the judges, with Sugar, a lot of people didn't agree yep. um, with, with the judging. So what is it like when you experience something like that? It's gotta be very mixed. You think you did very well but yet you lost. So where does it, that it makes it harder than the real losses. I know that sounds odd, but it's almost more of a letdown. It's like you did put in your best. You tried your best. You had all this. You were about to be on your highest high, you know, cheering for yourself. And then you're up here and then all of a sudden it's and you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, what just happened? And, it, and it punches you right in the gut. <laughs> yep, exactly. It feels like you're going to have, you know talk about even from a money perspective you're thinking of all these plans in your head as all those moments run through and okay i'm gonna get this much money i'm gonna put it towards this and then last second it all just kind of gets ripped away um and you know everybody says don't let it go to the judges i get so angry when i hear those comments because we're the best in the world we're fighting at the highest level like we can't always take it and finish these girls we're all at a fairly equal level that's why we're in the ufc like that's why we're meant to put on shows if we were just go in there and finish them in a minute what would be the point of the matchmaking those obviously aren't great fights to begin with if it's that easy of a fight so the whole don't take it to the judges we try believe me we're trying to not take it to the judges it's not like we're sitting there going you know 
let's let this last another 15 minutes. I really think I want the judges to see this one out. Like, it's the silliest thing to me. Now, uh, Steve, I don't mean to cut you off, but going back on my question. Now, you've been in also situations where you've won fights, but now you have to go back towards a rematch. And I'm sure there's rematches you want, like against Macy Barber, but you have this upcoming fight, which is a rematch that you've also won in the past. Where's your head at here, uh, opposed to, you know, looking at other people that have had rematches that usually win and overlook their opponent sometimes... Mm -hmm. You know, it, it could be kind of crazy, but you're a sociology, psychology major. Where's your head at? And are, are you aware of um, what goes into a, a rematch uh, like in your head? Are, yeah, are you absolutely. Kind of I try to look at it from her perspective and my own perspective, right? And kind of remove myself from the situation. And in her head, she obviously thinks it was a fluke. She thinks that she's improved more than me over time, uh, that my striking wasn't that good, which it wasn't. I'll be honest about that. Way back when we fought, you know, it's been three years now since we fought. I have went to Virginia, learned Muay Thai way more than I ever knew before. Now I'm here in Colorado doing the highest level training I could ever do. Um, I'm a totally different fighter than I was. And I think my fights in the UFC have shown that. And if she thinks I'm going to be the same person that came into that cage with her in 2019, she's sorely mistaken. Um, but I'm not walking into this fight with the whole, I already beat her, not a big deal. Um, I'm walking into it with, I've improved this much. I'm very confident in myself, but I also take every fight just as seriously as the last and the next. Like I figure every fight's a title shot for me because at the end of the day, that's where I want to get to. And against her, it's no different. I'm not just training for Shanna. I'm training for Valentina. I'm training for Molly McCann, hopefully next. I'm training for all these girls in the lineup that I want to fight in the future, not just Shanna. But I will say I'm surprised she took it. I am impressed she took it, and I'm glad that she decided to be my opponent. I've been looking for a fight forever. I had a lot of people that just didn't want to fight, and I'm in this weird spot in the rankings where I'm not ranked, yet I've beat a couple of the ranked girls, and nobody really wants to fight me. So, Steve, I don't think it's like the hardest thing sometimes is getting past that top 10 thing because yeah. you've beaten people in there. It's like, it's like they don't want to risk putting it in <laughs> you because – they, they don't want to lose their spot and you're not quite there. So they don't Yeah, have, I'd say it's like choose to get, get them going to. Yeah, I'd say once I get to the top 15, I think it'll be a lot easier to find because all those ranked girls will be interested in fighting me. But now the whole excuse is, well, she's not ranked or she's not ranked, but she's as good as the ranked girls. So I don't want to fight her if I'm not ranked. So, you know, it goes both ways. I hope that I'm able to get the Molly McCann fight after this. She's going to fight Aaron Blanchfield, which Aaron beat me. And I think she's just going to maul molly like i think she'll finish her i love that i i i, I and 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 speaking speaking of it how do you feel about about, about this one with uh with, with shani obviously you said you're surprised about it but how do you you know if uh if you could sit there and play out a perfect picture in, in your in your mind how, how do you envision this fight playing out for you I, I see it being a tko in the first minute or two minutes I've been working on my striking so much. I feel like if I need to take it to the ground, there's no doubt that I can. But I plan on keeping it standing and just showing her a little bit of what I've learned here at this gym, at other gyms, and uh, kind of show her my improvements over time and also be able to show the whole audience, you know, how much I'm improving, but also that I am multi-talented. It's not just grappling. It's not just striking. I've got all of it, and I come in with power and to put on a show in front of the whole division. I like that answer a lot because in your first fight, you won via rear naked choke, right? And this time you're saying you want to finish her. 
via TKO. So is that like a whole thing? Like you don't want to bring it to the ground. You want to actually strike. And a lot of fans like that. So I think this is going to give a little more energy towards it and motivation for you as well. Am I right? Yeah. And it's not that I won't take it down. Maybe I will, but I'm hoping that just in a couple minutes, I'm using a feeler out and get to where I could get a takedown that I'm going to catch her with something. And I feel like it's definitely a possibility. I'm looking at this card and I'm thinking there's also a strong possibility I can get a bonus if I play my cards right. So I'm going to do the best I can to make that happen. I mean, I can't say I, I, I'm surprised you're sitting there saying you got going after first after, you know, someone you've been <laughs> training with. We just had her on uh, uh, recently, uh, Courtney Cameron. As soon as I, I I made the post this afternoon, she said in my inbox, like, yes, I love it. And, <laughs> and when we had her on, she was mentioning that that bo- both you and your sister have, have been going over there. You guys have been working on some things. So if she was able to put Crystal Crystal Pittman away, uh, uh, you know, fairly quickly <laughs> into BKFC, I can only imagine what uh, what Miranda's uh, uh, going to do come come UFC fight night November. 5th. Yeah, I hope so. And Courtney did a fantastic job. I was there that night actually uh, setting up a table with my Fear the Maverick gear and uh, watched Courtney just uh, d- destroy her debut. It was awesome. Now, I got to ask you something, because obviously you're talking about your father in the corner, you in the corner, people, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the rematches, but people don't realize, you know, you're watching it on TV, but you don't realize how much of an impact it makes on somebody watching, you know, somebody that you love go in there. And, you know, in the past, we've seen some brutal fights. What's one of the fights that you've seen in the past that really affected you emotionally that you've seen, whether it was a teammate? Or somebody that you're rooting for, like even Rhonda. I know your father's a huge fan of Rhonda, a huge inspiration mm-hmm. of, of yours as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well. What has been something that has affected you in mixed martial arts that you've seen? I'm trying to think. You know, I try to keep a pretty open mind with that stuff. I know it's one of those things where you can get hurt. I will say it is, for some reason, harder for me to see the girls get like bloodied up, like big time, cut up. I will say my own fight. I know, I know. Doctor stoppage. Well, I was gonna say it actually like kind of shook me a little bit. Like when that happened, I guess I had never like bloodied somebody that bad. She still got pretty bad scars from it, and so like I reached out and everything afterwards, and I was like, you know, hope hope you get better and everything. But anytime there's a lot of cuts and bruises to where it's just like, wow, that's gonna be not only hurt for a few months, but then that scar tissue builds back up. You get cut easier the next time. People don't realize like once you get cut once, you get cut again and again and again, like it it doesn't stop. Um, I've been very lucky in my career to not have any cuts yet on my face. Um, Not that it won't happen someday, but I've been lucky so far and have never walked out with a serious injury. Um, I think the times where we see people's knees go out in the middle of fights or the shin breakage, that stuff freaks me out and it scares me, like literally makes me be like, I don't know, maybe I won't ever throw a low kick again in a fight. You know, so I there, mean, I, I, I mean, Anderson Silva was was kind of the original one, of kind of for the, this era yeah. when 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 Anderson, uh, you know, check kick and got 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 his leg broken. It was just like, yeah, uh, yep. okay, if, if that happens to Anderson, who was arguably at the time probably the most prolific striker in combat mm-hmm. sports at the time, like you, you it just makes you th- makes you think about things. And then obviously, uh, with, with, with some of the recent ones we've seen. Uh, we've we seen some some pretty gnarly uh, leg breaks just in this year alone. Yep. So yeah, it's, uh, so I can't think of one fight in particular, but all those kind of things just kind of freak me out. I don't I don't like it. The knee breaks and the, the leg breaks. down mountains. 
What? <laughs> and oh, stop yeah. pushing your boyfriend down that way. <laughs> I'll try to remember it. I'm trying not to push All right, it. So it. There, yeah. there's, been, there, there's been a couple questions that I've been asking uh, everyone this mm -hmm. month. Obviously, combat sports have grown so much, uh, uh, you know, over the past, you know, 25, 30 years. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, we're going to be pulling up, pulling uh, together some 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 quotes from uh, all of our interviews over over the next few months. But I want to know who's your combat sports, not just MMA, not just boxing, you know, just combat sports. Who's your combat sports Mount Rushmore? Uh, GSP. So just GSP alone. That 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 you're just going. He's the maverick. GSP is by far my favorite and I know like this isn't necessarily from his accomplishments and stuff but Brian Stan I expect him or I respect him a lot as a human I think he's just a fantastic Brian person on my wall back there by the way too oh yeah <laughs> thanks yeah. for his uh I met, him, I met him when my daughter was like six he was doing a signing in Jersey that's at, cool uh, at the, the Jaspari uh something yeah. I think he's because he was doing uh, uh mm -hmm. you know sponsorship with them before you know the sponsorship thing kind of yeah. all changed for all the UFC fighters but awesome dude yeah I couldn't agree with you more with with Brian because he you know not just didn't win titles but he he had some really mm -hmm. fun fights in in, in the in, in the ring in the yep. cage but he also like he also met a lot outside you know uh some yep. of the announcing he did and he, even you know his life before combat sports uh should, should also have have some some noteworthy uh, uh things to ha have in there so right you know, exactly. uh, watson's number one was that uh, was was randy couture okay okay no, i mean you got the army veteran there too so yeah 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 i'd say i like canelo too um i know that's like boxing but Man, like the Listen, head movement and stuff boxing, that you see from him. Is boxing not a part of combat sports? I it mean, is. It is. It's not it MMA, is. though. That's my point. But but even him, I'd put him up there. Valentina, uh, hopefully I face her one day, but I'd still put her there. Like, she's just uh, amazing in my eyes. Like, the, the come up that she had over the years and being able to stay up at the top level so long hasn't mentally broke or shown any signs of it like a lot of people do after they've been champions for a while. Um and yeah, that's that's mine for now. Like that, I, that's just four. But I so think Ngannou you know. could be up there too if they give him a chance to be without all the politics involved. Oh, yeah. Well, you you bring up Valentina. You, you, you I brought up Ronda as well. Mm -hmm. I, I want to know what has these girls changed about gender stereotypes when it comes to sports? Because we look at softball, they've changed the rules. We look at volleyball, basketball, they changed the rules. But in mixed martial arts. We have not changed the rules for you guys, right? Mm -hmm. You are equal to us, correct? So right. what have they changed for the gender stereotypes in mixed martial arts? Well, for one, just giving the opportunity for females to be at the highest level, right? When Ronda finally got into the UFC, um, I wouldn't necessarily call her main, my main inspiration, but she was the first female fight I watched in the UFC was her first one against Liz Carmouche. And before that, I didn't even know women did MMA. And I remember sitting on my sofa and my dad was like, you could do that one day. And I was like, no, I don't want punched in the face. And he's like, whatever, you could be champion one day. You were raised for that. And I was like, nah. And then three years later, here I was asking if I could do MMA, you know. Um, <laughs> but Rhonda and Valentina and, you know, Joanna, just all these girls, even Nunez and Cyborg, like they showed that not only can they hang in there and put on performances, but that they can be some of the more entertaining fights that they can be exciting and just as dramatic as the guys are and that they can have bloody wars. It almost gets more emotions involved. Just like I said, you know, I was like, man, it like hurts my feelings when the girls get bloodied. I feel like it does the same thing to the crowds. You know, they get that much more amped when the girls are like 
throwing at each other, you know? So there's that. And then the aspect that we can also be just females outside of the cage, you know, there was, I will say some people hurt the stereotype, um, but there was always the thing of, you know, you've got to be manly and aggressive and you obviously like are gay and like all these different things. If you are a female in mixed martial arts and Chris slowly, Ivers but truly it's changing for the better part of 10 years. Right. What? I mean, Chris Cyborg was stereotyped as a dude for the better part of 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's just, it's I mean, just look at me. I got painted fingernails over here. <laughs> So what, what was that big moment when you actually realized that you could do something special? When your father said that to you and you were doubting yourself, what flipped the script there? Well, I started jujitsu when I was 16, uh, almost 17, started going to an actual gym because we had been kind of training at home, like watching fights and trying to do moves and learned like basic stuff. And when I went to a gym, you know, I always knew I was strong, but I didn't realize like how strong I was and how talented I could be in jujitsu went and started competing and felt un invincible basically in jujitsu but I still didn't really want punched in the face I didn't really like the stereotype behind it and everything and you know the rarity and how much money I could make if I got to this certain level and how hard that would be and then I watched these two amateur girls fight um live and it was embarrassing. Like I got third person embarrassment from it of like, oh, that was a really bad fight. Like you took oh. two punches and you quit. Like I've been hit harder by that, by a tree limb or a cow that I've chased across the field, you know? And I was like, all right, I'm going to try this. And my coaches were like, yeah, you've never been punched in the face before. Don't say you're better, you know? And I was like, no, I, I know I'm better. Like I know I can do better than that. And so I started training. I did striking for three weeks uh before i set up my first amateur fight <laughs> and uh jumped in there won the fight and decided i was going to go be the best i could be that's absolutely inspiring <laughs> because there's a lot of people that don't think this is a, a female sport and like you were saying you didn't think that you you were you were made out for it but you know this this past weekend we had somebody uh win a championship with years ago and maybe, I don't know where his mind was at at the time, but on International Women's Day, he tweeted out, Islam Makachev, that this is yep. not a women's sport. Uh, how do you respond to that now? And where do you think his mind was at when he, when he said that? Something I think that's that. a cultural thing. You know, I'm just going to be honest about it. I'm not trying to be, you know, any type of way. But over there, it's like less freedoms for women to begin with in the Middle East and stuff. And I think it's very looked down upon for a woman to kind of stand out and try to take part in anything that's not seen as a traditional role um, and there's a lot of people that I've ran into especially different religious sects that do disagree with me doing MMA and others and they see it as us being scantily clad when we're fighting and things of that nature um, so I can see culturally where it's like disagreed upon but they need to respect the sport aspect of it there's other sports that are just as showy or just as whatever else and just because it's a violent sport doesn't mean it's not for women i think that we're fighting those stereotypes every single time that we go out there there's more and more women from different countries and different areas of the world getting involved that are kind of shutting down those stereotypes and making it to where everyone has not only the freedom to do it because in some countries women aren't allowed to even train it right but now they're getting to where the countries are backing them based on how good they're doing. And they're going to have to keep doing that just like they do with Olympic sports. Even France, right, Steve? Uh, mm -hmm. France, they, they weren't allowing uh, any promotions or any fights uh, in France, correct? A couple of years ago. And now look what we got. 
it's it's definitely a different ball ga game now and and you know i agree with uh with miranda it, you know you know you know no disrespect to all side that it, it's probably uh more of a cultural thing and things of that nature yeah you know obviously uh women's combat sports ha has grown a lot over the, over the last 10 years uh you know uh, all the names Miranda mentioned, you know, you know, stay for, stay for a few, uh, you know, play a big part of it. I think women's boxing has grown j just as much uh, over over the last handful of years. You know, it do doesn't hurt having people like you know Clarissa Shields and uh, and uh, Amanda Serrano kind of spearheading, uh, you know, the the, the bigger name uh, uh, female fighters that 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 boxing has right now. So it's good. I, I love seeing all, all areas of combat sports on, on the female side kind of grow and get and get into a bigger market yeah. and you know you're uh you dropped that word scantily clad i don't think i've heard that <laughs> word in about 15 years but yeah i mean there's <laughs> aspects of of what uh what some of the female athletes have done with their platform and, and you know like some some fighter some of the fighters have only fans for that that spicy content you just seen chris cyborg, <laughs> chris cyborg sign up as an actual that's that's her sponsor that she's she's doing you know you know combat a lot are now you know i refuse but then you're, you're even somebody you have a patreon account for some of your things mm -hmm. and things and so i think everyone do, does does their own way of of kind of uh right and marketing their content to the mm -hmm. to their cells regardless if you have uh i guess that that the freak flag uh, so to speak if you you have that side of you some some of the some of the athletes have that available you're starting to see uh you know women i think uh i think recently we've seen what britney spears and carmen electra come out with the uh, only fans account so like it's yeah. just a matter of time before a lot of people just this becomes a thing and this is a part yeah of and some of the limits that people have are crazy to me you know like there are no limits to a lot of the fighters and girls out there and what's crazier to me is how many people are willing to to do it i'm like all you gotta do is type in on the internet and find this stuff for free but whatever you know they want certain people and get the fetishes and the exclusive stuff just for them and like get a certain psychology behind it that makes it work and you know even mine my dad was like stop posting even pretty pictures on your instagram like just stop people are gonna pay for them just freaking go make a patreon and do that like it started off being my techniques and like my seminar content and stuff like that nobody wants to really see that nobody everybody acts like they do but they don't they just want to see like pretty <laughs> no, pictures it's, it's, and stuff secret, secretly in, in the back of everyone's mind it's like it's like where's the spicy stuff where's yeah the spicy? exactly you know, like, your feet. yeah see so your you feet. put up your feet so i was gonna tell the little story about that so there's this Instagram called like UFC.feet or something ridiculous. Oh and it had taken like pictures of me, Tisha, uh, Mallory Martin, like other teammates of mine. And we're all standing in pictures and they had taken our feet, cropped them out of pictures and were selling them to people on Instagram, like publicly. Yo. And I was like, excuse me? Like, not only are you selling my pictures, but you're making money off of my feet. And so I was you like, got my no. permission. Yeah, I was like, screw it. I'm gonna do I it. can't it's even bet on fights when you guys anybody. are making money off my feet. Right. <laughs> and I was like, if you guys are making money off of them, I guess I can. And I'm like, what's the harm in feet? You're going to see my feet in almost every post I make because I'm always barefoot doing kicking and everything else. And it's just another fetish. And I'm like, whatever. If I want to make money off of it without showing anything else, then, then so be it. Got to make that money, right, Steve? 
I mean, ev ev like, listen, everyone, like, you know, granted, like, the, the UFC has changed a lot over the last 10 years, you know, sponsors and everything, like, like everything is done in a different way. So, like, I'm, like I said, we're at, at this cultural change. Am I, like, some, some of the fighters that, that they go wherever they go with it. I mean, like, uh, like, like, you know, as, as Miranda mentioned, there's people who have the fee fetish. Mom, you know, did, Mom, did, uh, I don't Erin sitting there saying she made like, she made like, 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 you know, as much as, as, as you know, she's done in like 10 fights in the UFC in, in one year with, uh, with just the feet pictures. I'm like, I'm like, wait, what? Yep. Crazy. I'm like, that's freaking madness. <laughs> there's that many weirdos in this world. Great. Yep. <laughs> Now, exactly. when, it comes, when it when it comes to making money as well, Steve, I'm kind of queuing up something here, right? <laughs> well, let's get into it because the UFC has made some changes recently, Steve, right? Oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. So we, you know, obviously, obviously, you know, the the news over over the uh, the, the last few weeks has kind of been uh, some of the changes. The Dana White has been making and, and things of that nature. And, so. and to be honest, it hasn't personally affected me because i never bet on my own or other people's fights anyway but it's been one of those things that's been in the back of my mind uh but amusingly i would have my dad probably bet more than anybody because he pays more attention to the fights than i do <laughs> but like it, it's one of these things like uh you know you know eddie was like 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 doesn't that like like some of the guys on that that were or are on the roster have like betting wow. type of things on them where like you know they're get, giving people betting advice or things of that nature or or yeah, even and and but it still see, like, doesn't I'm not in the line of thinking, like like most m way things works these days. Anyways, like can't you ask like Uncle Bob to just throw a down a bet for you as it is? Anyways, it's basically, but there's bet. proof like where the money goes, you know. But uh, for me, it's just like we still are able to have the sponsors where we can tell them what fights we're picking and all that. So it's not like it took much out other than our personal betting. And like you said, I think it's one of those things that if somebody really wanted to, they're gonna get it done. It's, yeah. It's not so, that big uh, of a deal. And isn't it the same the for every for other professional sport? Like every other sport yeah. already has that rule. We're the last ones just because we're such a new sport. And I'm like, duh. Like I'm surprised <laughs> I'm, I'm, it wasn't already. I guess it was kind of an unspoken one at the point in time. Yeah. But I guess it had to be made like a kind of officially. But uh, we got a question in the chat for you. We're gonna get, we got to go back to uh, the the pay per view. Uh, do you, how do you feel about the the Sugar Show decision? You know, you know versus Jam. Do you feel feel that they they got that right, or do, or you know, are you? Uh, are, are I you, definitely uh, thought Jan won. I know that Sugar Sean's easier for them to promote. It's the better person for them to promote. And there's always politics involved, but I won't say that it's dirty necessarily. But I do think it was a bad decision. Um, I think Jan won with as many takedowns as he got, as much control time he had, plus times that he either dropped Sean or like dropped him to, or dazed him to the point um, where he did eventually get dropped. You know, I think that he should have easily won at least two of those rounds. One round I could see it eh, maybe like it could be argued, but the other two, I think it was one and three. I don't think there was an argument at all. I think Jan won those straight up. And I just think back to my own Macy Barber fight, and I'm like, mm, Abu Dhabi sucks. Sorry. <laughs> you mentioned in a previous interview that you did. Obviously, as a journalist, I had to watch hundreds of interviews of you. And uh, honestly, Miranda, I've been following you before you were in the UFC. I worked for, uh, shout out mymmanews.com, which was a, a huge supporter of you uh, coming up over the last you know handful of years. And I, I got to say, 
um, going into this one, it's like, you know, I got to do all this research. And I recently heard you say that there should be something changed with judging. Like you would like to see more retired fighters be judges, correct? Is, is I'd that like the to way see that. this is if fixed? That yeah, if that was an option, I think that would be an easy way to do it because they see it as mixed martial arts instead of bringing these referees from boxing or referees that have done jujitsu tournaments or whatever it is, right? Like there's such a range of people who who do the, I didn't mean to say referees, I meant judges, but yeah, yeah, there's such yeah. a range of judges that we have from other combat sports that aren't doing the MMA research. And there's also not a good scoring system. I think it helped a little bit, like being able to see like how judges score each round now that's like Invicta, helpful. right? Invicta tried out the open scoring for a little bit, which you're familiar with. Uh, Shannon yeah. App, obviously, with the big phone mm -hmm. call you got years right. ago. But yeah, it, it, it's totally weird. I've asked so many fighters about this. They said maybe judges should be set in the back. Um, you know, are you guys aware of who's judging your fight beforehand or no? No, I have no idea who's judging my fight beforehand. And I think maybe I know this sounds super immature, but take away phones, take away any distractions that they could have in the meantime. Because part of me is like, when you watch the fights over again, you'll sometimes just see them looking down. Like you looking can see at the judges. getting into a fight in the crowd or, or whatever something. it is. And I'm like, what are you watching? Like, it is your job to stare for 15 minutes or 25, whatever it is and watch the fight. And, you know, I joke, I'm like, did they think Macy was me the whole time? I don't know. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Because Macy has a little sister too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's another question here uh, from Daniel Bakley for people listening to the audio podcast. Obviously, they can't see us here on YouTube, so make sure to go over to Belly Up Sports and subscribe. Also on Combat Deviants, uh, Daniel Bakley asks, "How do you feel about T.J. Dillashaw going into the fight with a separated shoulder that popped out 20 times over the last two months? Should he have been pulled from the fight, knowing the issue?" Miranda, <laughs> what's your response? I I think absolutely he should have. Like, it showed Hart that he made it all the way through, but we didn't know that information while that was happening, obviously. Everybody just knew his shoulder was messed up in the fight, um, and we knew something was wrong right away. We were like, well, he's not throwing back with the left hand. He's not even able to post on it. He's not on Embedded. We were like, yeah. Huh? He wasn't on UFC Embedded for some reason? Yeah, right, yeah, right. right. And it's like, I don't, I don't know if they have medical, like, proof of that or whatever. Like, fighters always say I have this injury the whole time during camp and all that. But if that's the case, like, who let him fight? That's stupid. That's just dumb. Like, you've already been waiting so long to get back into the game and everything. Why would you jeopardize it by doing that unless he's retiring? At 36, too. At 36, nonetheless. Mm -hmm. you know? And it's, it's a huge thing because Aaron Pico, who also trains with him uh, under their coach, Cal, he also had a dislocated shoulder as well. So um, what, what would you say to people out there to, you know, train smarter, or go and not take a fight like this. Like if you were in this situation, what would your coaches uh, be saying? Even if it was a title fight. Yeah, they'd Donald obviously King. be like, listen, the opportunity is going to come knocking again, especially if you're not in the last fight of your contract or in risk of being cut. It's like, take your time, like heal up. Two months of healing is not worth your entire career or a loss on your record that puts you back another year or two. Um, and that's, they've done that before. You know, I've had to pull out of fights before uh, for some reasons that I didn't even want to pull out, right? Um, the eye surgery a day before I was supposed to fight. Uh, the Jillian first time, with the like, non COVID re related yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that kind of stuff happens. And you've just got to be smart about it and make your best decision. I never really fault anybody for being sick and pulling out of fights in that fashion. Um, it is what it is. And we don't always get to know what the case is. 
Um, so just respect it and go on and hope for the best. Um, but yeah, yeah and that's one of those things where you know Dane is not happy about 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 how, how that played out. Like you know TJ keeping that from them, not not saying anything. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you know Eddie said you know he 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 noticed some red flags with him not being on embedded and things of that nature. So it's like you have you have a uh, you have some red flags there, and I think uh, you know you know at moving forward, Dane is going to be a little bit more prudent, checking for uh, uh, pre-existing injuries. Go you know uh, pre- yeah, but you can't do that like it, you. It makes it sound easy, but it's not like they have a medical team come and just show up. I know, Michael Bisbank with one eye, right? <laughs> On top of everything else that you guys have to do getting ready for a fight. Yeah. I mean, we go through medicals, pretty extensive medicals, really. So it's like if nobody catches it or says anything, it's kind of hard, especially if it's a pulled out shoulder that you put back in and it feels fine in two days. It's like, what do you do about it? It's hard to catch that unless somebody's honest about it. But, yeah, I think it's the coach's responsibility to kind of step in then. Um, and then on top of that, like, you shouldn't be training live 24-7 to where that's even an issue, you know. Heal up and then take care of it. The fact that it happened 20 times and you didn't stop and let it heal, like, that's a stupid on your part. Like, the fool me I once mean, joke, what, you know. What, that, what their camp is kind of known for at this point in time, just just going way, way beyond the point of, of sensible training, I guess I would call it. Yeah, I, I've heard that from a couple people yeah <laughs> i mean it, it's one of these things it's like it's like it's sad but it's one of these things where like we're going where he comes from knowing that camp is like w- w- do we expect anything else from them at this point in time right now Miranda, but, uh, i'm gonna throw something right at your face here there's a quote out there that says miranda i'll f you wherever you want to be effed uh, who who said this to you? That was Molly, you know? I feel Molly. like I, I'm ready for it. Let's go. <laughs> now, you also said that you didn't think she deserved to be ranked. You were talking about rankings before. You thought you, you deserved to be ranked. What What's the deciding factor in being a ranked fighter, and why doesn't Molly deserve that? Who has she fought? Nobody even knows their names. It's like she hasn't fought anybody that's anywhere close to the rankings. Her last win that they're like, oh, she got another flying elbow is against Hannah Goldie, who's not even a 125er. It just makes me mad that that fight even happened. It's like, yeah, of course you would take that fight over fighting me or whoever else you were offered. She's a 115er who you can outpower, bully, and kind of do whatever you want to. And Hannah Goldie's already on her way out. Like, I like Hannah just fine, but it was a stupid fight as far as, I mean, it was purely meant to promote Molly, and that's exactly what it did. Nobody even knew her name for the last five years until Patty came up. And now here she is, got two spinning elbows on two girls that she shouldn't have even, like, they're good fights to start with, but that's all they are is good starter fights. Like how she got ranked is just insane to me. She's lost against anybody, in my opinion, that had any kind of solid it's record really or wonderful. solid talent. And it her only good. talent, her only technique that she walks into a fight with, and I know I'm hated across all of Instagram by all the Molly fans. Man, I get all the shit. They're like, how dare you even think you should step into a cage with her? She'll beat you up. I'm like, show me a technique she uses beyond brawl. I see the word brawl when I watch her fight. That's it. She's not good at jujitsu. She's not good at striking. She's not good at anything other than swinging. She's no daggers tonight. Yeah, right, right. So say, for instance, right, Jillian Robertson had that fight with her. I I interviewed Jillian before that fight. She called it out. It it was a a huge win for Jillian. Um, when When it comes to 
something that really pissed you off because that really pissed uh, Meatball Molly off that Jillian was saying that she was going to get this win on Molly's debut. That really ticked her off. Is this quote one of the biggest things that has ever ticked you off ever? And when do you want this fight? No, it didn't even tick me off. I wouldn't even say that. I'd say, like, don't say that unless you're going to fight me. And if you're not going to take or the fight, then keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I've asked to have that fight before she ever said that. She's the one who didn't take the fight. She wants to act like I just called her out and, like, I didn't take it. Like, that's ridiculous. I had been asking for that fight before she ever did that and got me clout, as people want to say. <laughs> um, I yeah. had already called her out. You got the um, meatball sauce. Right, right. My 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 coaches joke that I'm a meathead in the gym and I have the meathead should fight meatball, but we'll see. Um, you know, I respect her in terms of as a person. I know nothing about her in terms of disliking her in any form or fashion. I know that she was under the influence basically when she was saying those things. Um, but I just want the fight. If she'll fight me, we're all good to go and all respect to her. I'll be ready to share the cage with her. Now, I, I kind of little off subject, but on subject mm -hmm. with somebody like me who has uh, battled addictions like opiates before in the past, um, you know, seven years without a needle in my arm. You're talking about Meatball Molly under the influence and stuff like that. Have you ever had any bad routines in your life that you've struggled with, even if it's just eating too many cupcakes or something or texting your boyfriend when he doesn't want to be bothered or taking dad's remote too much and putting on your own shows? Have you, you ever know, I've, like I've never had like addiction problems at all. I'm very proud to say that like uh, that's a genetic thing as well. So it's not like I had anything that I had to fight. I wouldn't say that was something that gave me adversity throughout my life. Um, I have faced stress. And, wait, 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 uh, Miranda, I got to stop you. Sociology, psychology, I was so interested in. I, I agree mm -hmm. with you 100% when with, with that statement uh, saying that it goes in, in your genetics. What really makes you believe in that, though? I think I'm, it's a nature versus na nurture, like both play a role. There's the nurture. Like if I was around people who drank all the time and smoked all the time and did drugs, like no doubt I would have tried it. No doubt they're addictive and I probably would have became addicted. But there's also literal genetics, like certain people are easily addicted or easily persuaded buy addictive properties than others like i know that just from my husband for instance with caffeine like i can take caffeine and then not take it again for two months and he'll just be like caffeine you know and like that's not even a bad thing necessarily but it's still addicting and people are like it's not an addictive property and i'm like that does not mean you can't be addicted to it those are there's the addictive behavior and there's the addictive property of a chemical like and so well, you're saying chemical... it goes to your family belief system in a way right um part of it can like that's one aspect of it but the other is pure chemical like we all have different neurotransmitters in our brain we all are built different ways and certain chemicals have more of an influence on us than others it's just how it is it's like saying like why do i get depressed when my sister gets angry you know the same kind of thing it's like it's genetics and like just the way the brain is wired so, so i think me being away from addicted things helped a lot with me not having those problems but also just genetics so influence for sure. But if I was your doctor and you're like, doc, you know, you versus me, right? If I was your doc and, and you came to me and you're like, doc, I get such bad anxiety before these fights. It's something, mm -hmm. you know, in life that I have to deal with for my job. I get such bad anxiety. I need Xanax. And then there's me, uh, you know, anxiety with whatever mm -hmm. on my daily day, just like, just like yours to get mm -hmm. through the day. Uh, what makes a, a big difference for, re uh, 
you know, something like anxiety to be prescribed and taken care of versus anxiety to be taken care of by yourself? Uh, I think there's a limit of it, right? There's clinical anxiety that's a big thing, and then there's not clinical prescribed anxiety, and usually that's like a lower level. And I'll use the example of ADHD, right? It's almost a popular thing to say that somebody's ADHD nowadays, and it makes me angry, you know, because I'm like, none of these, I would say 90% of the kids that get called ADHD just need a good ass whooping, right? And it's like others, <laughs> he raises his hand, and yeah, 10%, 10%, legitimately have ADHD. They have a problem with focus. They cannot focus or they have some kind of OCD type of behaviors. But most just literally were never told like, you do that one more time and I'll whoop your ass. Like, it's true. I was like, yeah, my little sister, you know, maybe she'll talk about it at some point. Oh, when she was younger, she would always me. like, she's like one of those people that a butterfly flew by and she'd be like, butterfly you know and we'd always joke with her to get her head out of space you know or quit thinking of jelly beans you know we'd joke with her and it's called growing up and after a few years and getting in trouble for it a couple times she doesn't do that like it didn't happen anymore you know it was never a problem and those same people if you have different parenting skills and you just say oh they just can't focus and you make that kid think that they can't focus and then the kid goes wow i'm getting sympathy from not being able to focus too Boom, we have ADHD generation. <laughs> wow, wow. What a, what an answer for that one. <laughs> you, you absolutely nailed that. Now, obviously you do have anxiety though, right? How do, how do you deal with your anxieties? Uh, maybe your answer could help somebody like me. Yeah, so for me, because I know so psychology and sociology and I've taken clinical classes, um, you know, the idea of therapists and things like that, I would try to outthink them. And I'm aware of that. I would be like, I know why you're asking me that question, you manipulative person. Like, I'd just be, it'd make me angry. I'd be like, this isn't helping me because I'm overthinking every question they're giving me, right? And I don't trust them or whatever else. And so for me, I've kind of found my own uh, solutions to things. And it's just been like, like I was talking about the focus, like don't focus on the negatives, focus on positives. I write down my feelings sometimes when I get really bad, I, I pray and I'll write. You draw too, I, correct? What? You draw a lot. Too, yeah. Correct? So I do that to kind of give myself peace. And everybody has different things, whether it's going and listening to music, playing an instrument, going outside and taking a walk. Like these are all things that I've suggested to people that have worked. And like I go out in nature a lot. If I'm like, listen, my week has been so hard, got this many hours of training and this many hours of work. I'm nonstop exhausted. I feel sick to my stomach. I'm so tired and stressed. And it's like, forget it. They will all be there when I get back. I'm going for a walk. Or I'm going to just take a half a day off and freaking go for a hike there. Same calories burned as an exercise. Yeah, I'm not training martial arts, but my mind's getting a lot better. Um, and you've got to just give yourself mental breaks. And that's different for everybody. Maybe somebody hates being outside and the bugs and the weather and everything else. Like sit inside and watch a movie. It doesn't matter what it is. Find something to get your mind off of it. And if meditation or prayer is your thing, like I find for me, like I'm religious, I'm a Christian. I find that just praying and like, calling out, you know, Jesus's name basically helps me when I'm in my deepest, darkest times. And I've had like panic attacks and things of that nature. They get, get really dark, get really bad. And you go down this downward spiral of just feeling like crap, right. And feeling like there's no way out and you've got to find your own way out. And I will say my husband's been very helpful for that. Just having someone around, it doesn't matter who it is or who they are to you. It could be a sibling, a friend, somebody you don't even know that's a stranger that you trust, right? Like, 
get somebody that will empathize rather than kind of throw you under the bus or blame you or make you feel guilty for it, which is kind of where I struggled to have help initially is I felt so bad for having these problems because I was like, look at all these blessings I have in front of me. Look at all these opportunities I've had. Look at where I'm at in life. Like I'm successful. I'm supposed to be this inspiration, this example. And here I am going down this downward spiral and not being grateful for everything I have when I have everything that I could ever want. And it's like, man, I'm a shitty human. And that makes it feel even worse, you know, and then you go down and down and down. And you've just got to pull yourself out of that false reality that you're in, basically, like, think about yourself looking something through here, and you see it this way, but everybody else sees it all these other ways. And you've got to just pull yourself out of it. Um, and sometimes Rhonda into that mix, right? Rhonda Rousey, when she when she returned with against Amanda Nunes, um, do you think she was really sick of the sport? Or was she afraid to come back? And if you were uh, you know, Rhonda's doctor or friend, what what would you say to somebody going through something like Rhonda was? Would would you say that was fear or really she just really didn't have it in her anymore? How did you I mean, who am I to say, you know, like some people are sick of it. And, you know, looking at Rhonda's situation, I'm happy for her and I think she made the best decision she could have ever made for a career. Here she is making tons more money than she ever made in the UFC, even though she was like the star child of the UFC, basically. I guarantee she's making 10 times that now in the WWE and she's not getting hurt. She can spend time with her family, like all these things that UFC would have just not allowed for the kind of lifestyle that she gets to have now. So it's like, no matter what the cause of her being out of it was, I'm like, Hey, she, she made whatever decision was best for her. And if it was a scared, well, I think she kind of feels like completely separated from the MMA community since, since her, her leaving. And uh, I think the way the wrestling communities kind of embraced her in other ways that the MMA community didn't kind mm-hmm. of has also kind of, uh, I guess, uh, spread that wedge between her, mm-hmm. her love of combat sports and her love of pro wrestling. Cause let's be honest. She always had pro wrestling in her. Well, you pushed your phone like your boyfriend. Oh, my goodness. I know. I'm about to, my battery is going to go dead soon, too. So I've been checking it. That's why I keep All right. We got you. We got you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get to like the last year because we're we're already like at the uh, 49 minute mark. (laughs) No big deal. But um, yeah, it's, it's hard to say because obviously she got pretty beat up in that fight. Everybody was giving her a bunch of shit. The one versus Holly Holm, too. And it's like, so what? Here's my thing is who? cares like if you can't strike as good as them like you still were such a pioneer in the sport and people that are like oh look at that she's trash she couldn't strike very good i'm like one she wasn't trash she was the top like two in the world so shut up um two you're always gonna find something negative to say and i think her biggest problem was embracing the negativity and it almost made it more widespread right like uh, i used to do the same thing when i started my career and like people always like you look like a dude you're too muscular to be natural like all this stuff when I was younger and was pretty body like sensitive I guess you'd say like I was always like I don't want to wear a sports bra I don't want to show my muscles like all this stuff I would get really upset from and now I'm like f you guys like hey, I have fans you're, that you're rocking it out here though <laughs> that's right that's right And I'm like, now it's like an inspiration to people more than anything. And I'm like, I don't care what you say. Like, I've got some a husband who I think is gorgeous. I've got my life figured out and I'm as fit as I've ever been. And if you don't like the way that looks, then great. Go somewhere else. Go look at the Victoria's Secret models. (laughs) 
people. Speaking of Victoria's Secret models, I got one last question for you here. Obviously, it's October, my favorite month of the of the year. You know, people say violent video games and movies, they increase or maybe they even decrease real life violence. Uh, how does MMA play a role in that? Does it increase or decrease uh, real life violence? I really think that children, I wouldn't say just MMA, but like combat sports in general, that get involved with combat sports and martial arts at a young age are typically less violent. One, they learn how to control themselves, learn how to have discipline and learn how to handle situations without the violence. And I know that's counterintuitive to people who don't understand the sport. But if I was to get in a fight with a random chick at a bar, let's say, or you're, I'm yeah. not going to beat the crap out of her. I'm going to be able to just put her on the ground gently and be like, just chill here for a few minutes until somebody else shows up. Like there is no need for violence, but it's better to know how to be violent in case the time comes where you have to be right. And I'm, uh, there's that old phrase where it's like a man that knows violence is better than a man who creates violence or whatever it is. And I'm like, I very much so agree with that. Like somebody who knows some aspect of martial arts and can defend themselves and those around them without actually using violence until it's necessary and then being able to restrain someone. I think that goes into up here too, right? It allows you to control your violent side. It allows you to control your anger more and be able to handle it in a more disciplined way. And I know that's not always true. Like we have people who are abusers in MMA and stuff like that. And a lot of the times that's egos attached to it right? Times when they're like, I'm the biggest, baddest person on the planet and nobody's going to tell me otherwise. And, and all call it takes me Meatball, is by the way. What? And call me Meatball. They call me Meatball, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and even guys, you know, they've gotten in trouble for uh, domestic abuse and stuff like that. It's like, it happens and it's sad, but it's not any more than the typical population. It just gets more uh, put out there because they are MMA fighters and are able to obviously inflict violence more than others. Well, I guess I'll get, get my, my last few on here before we get ready to wrap it up and let, let you get go. Miranda, since Eddie's already bringing up Halloween and things of that nature, obviously <laughs> Halloween's m m Monday. What, what's your favorite, uh, you know, uh, you know, Halloween type type movie, you know, regardless if it's horror movie, spooky movie, Halloween movie, movie. Halloween cartoon, Halloween movie, you know, what, what, what's your, what's your go-to around this time of year? Oh man, I don't even have a go-to. I know that sounds bad, but when I was young, so I will tell you a little bit about Halloween though. My sister's birthday is on Halloween. Um, oh, wow. and so we never really watch movies or anything. We celebrate her birthday and how we do that at home because we always lived in the middle of nowhere. So there was no trick or treating when I was young, which was fine. Like my dad would rather stay at home away from people anyway, like stranger wise and danger. Um, but when I was at home as a youth, we would always get dressed up and stuff, but we play family games on Halloween. Like we'll do tug of war and play like egg races and three-legged race and just everybody in the family. And now- Who's the team uh, for tug of war though? You and your sister versus dad and mom? Or? Oh, it's usually dad versus the world. That's usually- I bet it's your boyfriend. Your boyfriend's Jack. <laughs> He'll take on your whole so, family. So this year was the best we ever did because we had Pete, okay? It really evened some playing fields. <laughs> and my brother is actually a monster now too. He's a monster for himself. Like he's a freak athlete. If he wanted to do MMA, he could, but he's a big enough boy that we're like, you'd get hurt before you even got to the pros. Like you go after another career path. You've got so many uh, opportunities ahead of you, but he was a phenomenal wrestler and he could have been a combat sports you know, athlete, if he wanted to. Yeah, but yeah, I already, he, I already said that that I kind of feel like you guys are, 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 are the next, you know, um, 
I guess uh, power sibling, uh, uh, you know, in, in, in combat sports, you know, Eddie was kind of touching on it earlier. Um, you know, uh, uh, before we get, we get ready to, to let you go there, uh, um, Miranda, well, you know, what we typically do is kind of throw the proverbial microphone over to you. Anyone like to thank trainer partners, teammates, shoot out their social media sites, uh, you know, any, any, any sponsors you, you may have, uh, anything you're doing outside of combat sports, you want to let anyone know about the yes, time is, is yours, my friend. Thank you very much. Um, so first, I'd like to thank my family. I'd like to thank God, of course, uh, my husband, my team, especially. I'm one week out from my fight. I feel better prepared than ever. All my teammates that have came up to help me with this fight, my coaches who have been supportive all the way through, showing up for all my trainings, helping me get better every single day. Um, and I'd also like to thank my sponsors all the way from like helping with my meal prep and helping with the drinks that I'm able to take and everything that's nutrition worthy to make my body in shape to the best potential. Thank you to them. Thank you to my sponsors who helped fund my career. Um, I still have openings for sponsors if anyone's interested, all the way from social media posts to uh, hanging posts to the wall kind of thing. Um, and then I also have fearthemaverick.net where you can buy gear um, that's personalized for my merchandise. And I also have patreon.com slash fearthemaverick. Um, and that's basically just technique videos. I've got pictures on there, like all kinds of things. That's exclusive content that I don't post anywhere else if you guys are interested. And when is your fight going down and what can people expect, lastly? Uh, November 5th against Shanny Young at the Apex in Vegas. Um, it is going to be a redo of a canceled bout from August 20th. So excited to be doing that. And I'm hoping for a first round finish. Not sure how it's going to go down exactly, but be looking for a lot of the mix of the martial arts and me to be throwing some power in there. Thank you so much, Miranda, for joining us on Combat Deviance with Steve and Eva Letty. We wish you nothing but the best of skill, which I stole that line from Steve <laughs> growing up over the years. And uh, thank you so much for uh, some of your answers tonight that will really help a lot of our listeners, including myself. Definitely take this interview uh, to heart uh, how genuine you
saying, like, I would like to see her, like, kind of get kidnapped. Yeah, you Preliminary fights, something of that nature. She, I think, not she deserves to be on one of them, not, not not buried, you know, fight night or buried on other things. You know, hopefully, you know, she she's able to put to, to string a few wins, and they can have, you know, she'll be headlining those, those fight nights instead of instead of you know being on the undercard of them. And she has like, exciting beef going on that's really natural. It's not pushed right with Molly. Yeah. As long as it's in a neutral place, exactly, exactly. You know, what like, a pleasure! Not, 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 not. I mean, obviously, you're not going to see it in Miranda's backyard, but I'm just saying it. It, it absolutely cannot be in Molly's backyard. Cannot. I mean, shooters take shots, right? And she's taken a couple of shots, man. We'll we'll see. Uh, like I said, I, I felt like Miranda was throwing daggers tonight, uh, 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 p- poking holes in uh, in uh, the the validity of of, of that ranking. But uh, we'll, oh, for we'll, our listeners, Steve, we were talking about her sister. We want to get her sister on. We would yeah, love to know yeah, you guys. I'm, I'm to see that. Hopefully, you know. Uh, hopefully, I can I can get her on th- this this weekend. Skyler, Skyler Maverick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We. Uh, we definitely got to get her on. Obviously, she fights the eleventh. I mean, we technically could have her, you know, on the fifth too. But oh, wow, you know, yeah. we got a we, we got a fun one. Uh, the, the the rest of this week, obviously, uh, oh, you, you get you'll get a day break, and we got a we got a big one Thursday Thursday night. We're gonna be joined by uh, uh, f- former boxing world champions. Uh, uh, you know, I guess we would say w- uh, his, his widow at this point in time. Uh, uh, you know, Tommy Morrison's wife, Trisha Morrison, is going to be joining Morrison. us, and she's got one hell of a story to to, to lay on us. Uh, you know, any uh, combat sports fan, boxing fans, etc., who 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 has an affinity for for uh, Tommy the Duke Morrison or Rocky Five, five. <laughs> or Rocky Five, absolutely, brother, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, make sure you tune in. Make sure you check it out. You know, we got a we got a lot of questions to go over. I guarantee you we're gonna be on longer than we are tonight just because of some of the some of the layers of the onions we're gonna be peeling back. Serious from. stuff. Very like, most serious stuff ever in my career that will be unraveling yeah, it's, guys. It's gonna be sure. interesting. Um, you know, obviously uh, uh we're not gonna let 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 her dictate ha- how it goes, but uh, you know, we we definitely have a lot of questions about things where we wanna you know, And I've done a lot of research as well. This is one of the interviews where I've really put in a lot, Steve, and I thank you so much for this opportunity as well. And then I didn't even get to Friday. Oh God, what a I didn't even get to Friday! Oh man, we got we we got the one of one of the co headliners for 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 the one of the upcoming BKFCs uh, in the middle of November. I can't tell you which one of them it is. I've already, you know, anyone who's been following me long enough that already knows that I already had one half of of it. But I can't tell you who the other half is. I'm gonna be. I'm playing coy, dude. I'm. I, you know, I'm not gonna break it down to you guys until Thursday night. Uh, hopefully, we, we we put a few more things together. But you which know, means subscribe and follow. We, we, we just had had Miranda on. Uh, she's she's gonna. She, I think she's gonna do re- re- really well. Uh, November fifth, uh, UFC Fight Night. Uh, guys, make sure you you get you, you got your your ESPN Plus subscription, your UFC Fight Pay subscription, or make DM you, me. Huh? Or just DM me for. 
Oh man, don't don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, th- this was uh, this was a fun one tonight. Obviously, this was a uh, a fighter spotlight special here here on, on the Belly Up Sports Network here on, on Combat Deviants. We will be back for another spotlight. Obviously, this is a uh, I, well, I guess a, an, an investigative report spotlight. Oh, man. I can't wait for I mean, it. And I, I know I don't that even you know how we word this one. It's definitely not a not not a not a fighter spotlight. But obviously, we got we got a few things lined up for you guys. Again, make sure you guys go like, subscribe, you know, follow. You know, not not just uh, combat deviants, but uh, you know, your belly up sports. Make sure you, you go check my man Evil Eddie out, out here on, on on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, make sure you're, you're you're showing the love to the combat deviant pages as well. Uh, we got some giveaways planned for when we hit some of these milestones, both on on social media and uh, and YouTube as well. So uh, we got some fun stuff planned uh, for anyone who doesn't wind up catching it, catching us uh, the rest of the week. Make sure you guys have a happy Halloween. Stay safe. Make sure you get all the kids uh, are, are good. Make sure you don't eat all the, yeah, all the candy. Be very, candy. Be, 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 be very, very fair. And again, guys, appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you, you're checking out all the stuff on Be- Belly Up Sports. I'm Steve. He's Eddie. This